Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, certified strength and conditioning specialist, sports nutritionist, and a certified pre- and postnatal coach with the Natty Hour. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Legion and the Natty Hour. Legion is an evidence-based supplement company that takes pride in ensuring that all products are backed by peer-reviewed scientific literature and are dosed at clinically effective levels. If you've been following me long enough, you know that I'm not one to push something that I don't believe in, especially supplements. But the fact that Legion has gone to great lengths to ensure such quality products is the reason why I have partnered up with them. If you are interested in learning more, be sure to visit legionathletics.com. You will also receive 20% off your first order if you use my code Jansen, J-A-N-Z-E-N, at checkout. Further information and links are in the show notes. Also, a huge shout out to The Natty Hour, which is my online coaching business that I run with my husband, Kyle Jansen. We exist to serve the drug-free strength and fitness community, from those who embody the discipline and determination to pursue the highest level of competition naturally, to those looking to improve their overall health and lifestyle. Our athletes range from being elite bodybuilders to the new mom looking to prioritize her health amongst a hectic schedule. Be sure to visit thenattyhour.com to learn more. Thank you so much for supporting the More Than a Physique podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode on your social media. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome everybody to episode 80. It's been a few weeks since I have done my previous episode, but we are holding strong with sticking to our monthly schedule. That is the plan for the rest of 2022. Um, I'm really happy I'm actually able to get an episode out for you guys for the month of June, just because right now things are as per usual, because that's how I roll apparently, hectic and just a little bit out of control, but that's okay. We're rolling with the punches. Uh, We moved into our new place on June 1st, which was really exciting, but now we are getting things ready to go for some renovations, which are starting next week, and I don't even know when this episode's going to be out. It will be out before the end of June, though, so that would have been the third week in June when renovations started, and then previous to that, we have been just getting ready for our second WMBF Kelowna Naturals show. Um, which is going incredible. I mean, I feel like I finally have a good rhythm to know how to run a show a little bit better this year. 
and things are going smoothly. I'm so excited for my WMBF family to get here to Kelowna so we can have a really successful show. It's going to be so much fun. And what's really exciting about the show this year is we're actually able to have an audience. You know, with everything in the pandemic, things in the past made it very challenging. And it's uh, really incredible that we can actually have the athletes, family, and friends there to cheer them on. Even just my previous competition season, you don't realize how much you really feed off of everybody else's energy when they're cheering you on. Even if it's not for you, you hear other people in the background cheering for their friends and family and they'll be like shouting like to smile more, make sure you keep things tight. And even if they're not saying that to you directly, it's a nice reminder for you on stage. It's like, oh yeah, I need to smile. Don't forget to smile. So overall, I'm really excited because of everything we've had going on. Like I said, I'm very excited to get this episode out to you all. But that's enough about my personal life. Just a quick update for you guys there. Let's take some time today to talk about sleep. You ever hear the quote, there's plenty of time to sleep when you are dead? And after hearing that quote, did you just feel fire up where you just wanted to just keep pushing, even though you knew deep down that your body was exhausted and ready for rest? Yeah, I used to do that too. Especially when I first started my business back in... I don't even remember now. When did I start my business? 2014? I believe it was a while ago now. And at the time when I was trying to grow my business, I was working, of course, got to pay the bills and I would stay up until about 1am most nights just trying to put those finishing touches on content and figuring things out with website design and video creation, all of those things that go into growing a business. But I would have to be up for 6.30am that morning to get ready for my nine to five. And I don't regret doing this. I think that it's allowed me to get to where I am. And I understand other people are probably at that stage or have been at that stage where they know what I'm talking about and they understand the amount of hours that go into growing your business. It doesn't even have to be for growing your business, but just, you know, everything else that people have going on in their lives, projects with the family where, you know, they don't have enough time throughout the day to get everything done. And it's tough. So what's the first thing that gets sacrificed? It's our sleep. And while I respect the hustle and drive that people have to make their goals a reality, at some point we have to take a step back and understand that this lifestyle is not sustainable. I definitely am not pulling 1am um, sessions anymore. I'm honestly in bed falling asleep by 9.30. That's where I am currently at and how much things have drastically changed for me. Staying up that late and getting such little sleep, it wasn't sustainable. It's not something that I can continue. And as well too, the fact that, you know, it's not sustainable, there are other things that we need to consider that I would argue are even more important considerations. And that's the fact that there are long-term health implications when we are constantly sacrificing our sleep. So I just want to take some time today to discuss what those implications are and what you can do differently. Maybe what I should have done differently. I know I'm doing them differently now though, and that's what matters. But I personally think that quality sleep is a form of self-care. Everybody is really on this self-care kick these days, which is awesome. I'm all for it. But I think, you know, the focus on self-care, it can often be neglected 
by a lot of individuals where prioritizing our quality sleep it can make a huge difference and it can really help us actually create a well balanced healthy lifestyle self-care you know it looks different for everyone yeah you know what it may include pouring yourself a bubble bath getting your nails done or even going for a massage but more importantly I think self-care is the practice of showing up and doing the things you know that are going to benefit your future self, even if you don't always feel like doing those things right in the moment. While getting your nails done may be relaxing and makes you feel good in the present moment, prioritizing your health each day is going to make you feel good in the long run. So maybe prioritizing your health, such as exercising, for example. It doesn't always feel great for everyone. I know a lot of people don't enjoy exercise. So yeah, you know what? Maybe in the present moment, it doesn't feel the greatest. But it is going to help you get off that toilet when you're 90 years old. And because of that, to me, that's what self-care truly looks like. Some of the basic practices that should be mastered by all if we truly want to practice self-care are things like improvement to our stress management, maintaining a healthy mindset, and increasing the quality of our sleep. Sleep is one of the most important practices that is often very challenging for us to prioritize, but it's been shown that getting seven to eight hours of sleep each night is optimal for most people. Because during that time, during those different phases when we are sleeping, your brain is recharging and energy stores are replenishing. So when quality sleep is disrupted, there are certain negative implications that we have to consider. So some things that typically happen are compromised cognition, uh, increased likelihood of not processing new information. It's been shown to cause memory loss increase in our stress hormone, we all know we don't need more stress in our lives, increased risk of cardiovascular disease, gastrointestinal disease, immune suppression, fertility problems. That's not good if anybody is looking to get pregnant. And even if you aren't, I would argue that still having a healthy, functioning, reproductive system is very important. It's also been shown to impact our mood, our energy levels, and even increased body weight. I'm sure I got your attention with that final note there. All of the other ones are just as important, but as soon as we hear that our fat loss goals might be interrupted, I think that it's safe to say that it's time to address the lack of sleep that some people may have been getting. So before we get into, you know, discussing some effective strategies to increase the quality of your sleep, let's just take some time to just hone in on that final point there which is that the disruption of sleep can impact your body weight. And I know most people who are probably in a fat loss phase right now are already thinking, okay, what can I do to get more sleep? That's so important and I'm glad to hear that you're finally feeling incentivized and ready to make this a goal for yourself. However, we need to dive just a little bit deeper and I think it's just so we can sustain the act of making it a priority. You know, if we hear it once that sleep disruption negatively affects your body weight, over time, you know, we're likely to just shrug that off and revert back to our old habits. I have found that if we have a deeper understanding as to why something is the way that it is, you're more likely to make it a priority. 
it's like when we're kids, right? And our parents tell us to eat our vegetables. Did we ever really want to eat our vegetables? I mean, I know I'm not the only one who fed my broccoli to the dog, but maybe if we knew why eating our vegetables was so damn important, we may have felt a little bit more incentivized and fed the broccoli to the dog a little bit less frequently. So having said that, how does sleep affect fat loss? Lack of sleep has been shown to have several negative impacts on our fitness goals, such as the loss of strength, it's shown to have chronic inflammation and higher stress levels. As well too, sleep deprivation also has been shown to increase our food desire. So from a physiological standpoint, when you get those cravings and you feel like you just need to practice your willpower a little bit more, if you aren't getting a good amount of sleep, there's something going on from a physiological standpoint. It's not psychological and something that you can just try to think your way out of. You know, often we think that we need to just try harder when it comes to trying to reduce our cravings. But what we don't realize is that often there are those physiological factors that are impacting these cravings and increased hunger. And like I said, sleep deprivation is one of them. According to a study published in 2017, people who don't get enough sleep, they consume on average 385 more calories than usual and typically those calories are a significant amount of fats and carbs and a reduced amount of protein which isn't good we know that right protein's super important so what's happening here when people don't get enough sleep the hormone leptin which signals feelings of fullness they decrease and then the hormone ghrelin, which signals the feelings of hunger, it increases, which significantly increases the risk and desire to overeat. There was another study completed in 2018 where subjects were divided into two groups. One group got unlimited sleep for one week, and the other had one hour less than usual for five days, and then one hour less than usual for two days. This may be how a typical week looks for a lot of people and then the weekend, right? After four weeks, participants in both groups, they actually lost the same amount of weight in the study, but the catch-up group lost over 80% of weight as lean mass. Not something that we want. So just because the scale is going down, remember this, doesn't mean that fat loss is always occurring. Oftentimes, it can be muscle loss as well. And that's what we're seeing here in this particular group. In addition, the group that was allowed unlimited sleep, they only lost 17% of their weight from lean mass. That's a big difference between these two groups. So even though the scale went down at the same rate between both groups, there was a huge difference from where that weight loss was occurring from. Clearly, we can see the negative implications lack of sleep can have on our hard-earned muscle that we know takes forever to build. When we are dieting, we actually want to make it our number one goal to preserve as much lean mass as possible. People think the most important thing when they're trying to lose fat is to actually lose fat. And that actually isn't the case. I would argue that if the goal is fat loss, actual fat loss needs to be the second most important thing that we should be prioritizing. And the most important thing should be retaining muscle mass. 
and that's to ensure that we mitigate a lowered metabolic rate during a fat loss phase. Why do we want to do this? When our goal is fat loss, our priority, like I said, it does need to be to retain muscle mass, and that's to ensure that our metabolic rate stays as high as possible. Yeah, of course, you know, to lose weight, we need to drive that calorie deficit, and that calorie deficit is accomplished by eating less food or increasing our cardio output. Most people know and understand this concept. However, a missing component that is often overlooked is implementing strategies to retain or even build muscle mass. Why would we want to make that a priority when the goal is fat loss? Because the leaner muscle mass we have, the more likely we are to maintain our metabolic rate while dieting. If we have little to no muscle mass and we want to lose weight, it's going to be extremely difficult to accomplish this goal because our metabolic rate is going to drop drastically. Whereas if we have more muscle mass and we want to lose weight, we are going to have an easier time accomplishing this goal because our metabolic rate isn't going to drop as drastically. Basically, the more muscle mass you have, the easier it'll be to maximize fat loss results. And fat loss is extremely hard on our bodies and hormones. Some of the hormones that are negatively impacted during dieting are ghrelin, leptin, or thyroid hormones. And we've talked about these things in the past, but just to give you a refresher here, ghrelin, like I previously said, is known as the hunger hormone. And it goes up during a fat loss stage. So as we are dieting and eating less food over time, it makes sense that we are going to start to feel hungrier. And this is ghrelin going up. This is primarily why it's so hard to sustain a dieting phase over an extended period. Leptin is produced in fat cells and it's the opposite of ghrelin. The hormone regulates hunger, meaning it makes you feel less hungry. So as you diet, you start to lose fat, which causes the hormone to go down. And when leptin goes down, you start to feel less satiated. And then last one we'll quickly touch on here is the thyroid hormones, which is responsible for your metabolic rate. This one we all know that when we're dieting, your metabolic rate, it does go down. And the only way to speed up your metabolism is to prioritize eating more food over time. So again, the more muscle mass you have, the less these hormones are going to be negatively impacted during a dieting phase. That's not to say you won't experience any of these negative adaptations because you will, but the implications will be less severe. And sleep is just one of many things we should be prioritizing in order to actually maintain muscle mass. And if you want me to dive a little bit deeper into additional ways to retain your muscle mass while you're dieting, do me a favor and share this on your Instagram and tag me in your stories and then that way I know, okay, let's actually dive into this topic a little bit deeper. But let's focus on sleep just for today, otherwise this episode will be two hours long. Now we know just how important sleep is when it comes to our long-term health, cognition, stress, and body weight. What can we do that's going to allow us to increase the quality of our sleep? The following here we're going to talk about are just some strategies that are worth considering. So grab out a pen and paper, make some notes, and let's try to figure out which one of these strategies is going to be best for you. The first one here is to go to bed at a reasonable time versus staying up late to watch TV. 
I get it. You want to have some downtime for yourself. You know, maybe you're running around the house until eight o'clock at night, you know, getting the kids ready for bed, prepping lunches for tomorrow. I get it. But we need to have some sense of control and remember that our downtime doesn't always have to be revolved around a TV. Our downtime could be something as simple as getting one extra hour of sleep a night. So that way it's going to allow you to be even more productive and energized for the following day where maybe, you know, things get done a little bit earlier throughout the day and it doesn't feel like you're scrambling right up until your bedtime. Not to say that you can't watch Netflix, but, you know, if you're watching more than one episode a night, I would argue that it's time to maybe take a step back and try to reduce our consumption when it comes to that, if, especially if, our sleep is being interrupted. Something that I have found to be super helpful for our next strategy here is having a bedtime routine. So winding down right before bed, you know, typically giving yourself 30 to 60 minutes. I love my bedtime routine. And I get it, we only have so much time in a day, so it doesn't have to be anything too crazy. But, you know, getting into your comfortable pajamas, lighting a candle, reading a book, maybe having a bubble bath, even just something as simple as washing your face, like actually taking the time to listen to some music, getting your your um, your creams and everything ready to go to wash your face. It can actually be really relaxing if you change your perspective and look at it as something, again, a form of self-care versus as a chore. That can be something as simple as getting yourself ready for bed. Having a bedtime routine, it just starts to allow your body to get into a relaxive state so that way your body is ready to actually go to bed when you want it to go to bed. The next one here, and I found this to be very helpful as well, is exercising in the morning or the afternoon. I used to exercise all the time in the evenings, you know, 6 p.m. And there's nothing wrong with that. I understand that, hey, you got to go and you got to go. And, you know, you just got to make it work with your schedule. But over time, I have changed my perspective because I wouldn't, I would say to myself at the time, there's no way I could ever work out in the morning. It's not for me. I will always be a night owl when it comes to my training sessions. I mean, our bodies and our brains are very adaptive. You know, if we do things long enough and we stick to it, eventually it's going to get easier. So, even if the idea of going to the gym super early in the morning doesn't feel like a good option for you, give it a try. It might be worth it. Even as something as simple as doing some stretching or a little bit of yoga first thing in the morning. It doesn't have to be your actual workout routine, but you know, just getting up versus it puts you into a proactive state where you are getting up for something other than, you know, getting ready to rush out the door to go to work. If you get up for a different reason, you know, such as, you know, exercising, again, it puts you into that proactive state and it can be very beneficial for a lot of people. The next strategy here is sleeping in or staying in bed longer than your schedule allows sometimes. Of course, you know, this may be something that you can only implement on the weekends, but hey, if you got to sleep in for an extra hour on the weekends to get caught up on a little bit of rest where you're not jumping and rushing out of bed where it just completely triggers your sympathetic nervous system and you just put into a more reactive state, take the time and uh, don't be afraid to sleep in a little bit and not rush out of bed when you are able to. This next one is super important and I get a lot of people rolling their eyes at me and they say that they're doing this but I know that they really aren't because I don't always do this either and because that's because these damn things are so addictive. That's reducing our blue light exposure about 45 minutes to an hour before bed. 
So I'm talking iPhones, TV, iPads, Kindles, whatever blue screens that you may have, trying to either get a blue light blocker or just putting the damn thing down and doing something else with your time 45 minutes before bed. And the reason why this one is so important is because the, the, the blue light on these electronics, they don't allow the hormone melatonin to secrete at an efficient level. And that's the hormone that communicates to our body and our brains that it's time to go to bed. So as you can tell, if we don't have that hormone secreting when we need it to, of course it's going to impact the quality of your sleep. So put the phone down, go read an actual hard copy book, go implement your bedtime routine, and uh, take a break from the phones, especially right before bed. Balancing housework throughout the week instead of tackling it all at once. This is actually one that I have recently, since moving into our new place, started to do. And I have found it to be super helpful. I know that it's not always feasible to do that when we have so much going on. But if you're able to space out your housework chores throughout the week, it makes a huge difference with managing time. So that way you can prioritize quality of sleep a little bit better. A couple of quick ones here are requesting for help around the house as needed. This is a good one for us ladies. Our husbands cannot read our minds, so don't be afraid to ask for help. More often than not, they are willing to give a helping hand, but only when we ask. They can't read our minds, and that's a kind of a reminder for myself. Uh, another one, getting a new pillow, maybe getting a new bed. We're actually currently looking for a new bed. We've had this bed for over five years now, and we have found it to uh, start giving us a little bit of back pain in the morning. And um, hey, you know what? Nobody really wants to spend money on a new bed. I totally get it, but it does make a huge difference. We spend like, I don't know what the percentage is, but what half of our life in this thing when we are sleeping and it makes a huge difference when it comes to our joint support, quality sleep, back pain, all of those important things that allow us to be productive and of course implement self-care. Yeah, might be worth considering getting a new bed depending on how old your bed is. Last two here, supplementation. Supplementation with a sleep aid, it can be beneficial. I only recommend this if you are still having issues after implementing all of the previous strategies that I mentioned. A lot of people think and they hear supplementation and they jump right to that first and foremost without putting in the work of uh, all of the other, you know, really effective strategies that I previously mentioned. So unless you're still having issues with your quality of sleep after taking the time to implement the previous strategies, I wouldn't worry about spending money on supplementation. But if you are still struggling, there's a really good product that Legion actually has. It's called Lunar. It is a sleep aid supplement. And I use this every now and then. I have found it to be very helpful. Again, making sure that it's coupled with the previous strategies that I've already talked about. The last one here is if you are still struggling, is to visit a sleep clinic if things still aren't improving. There are a lot of different strategies that we've talked about and they can seem probably a little overwhelming at first. So I would just start off with one at a time. I tried to list these out um, based off of what's like easiest to hardest for implementing or even like 
most important to least important, if you will, or like just building off of each other. So I would start off with one at a time because like any other new habit that we are trying to implement into our routine, the best way to successfully implement that is to make it as easy as possible. So like I said, just start off with one of these strategies at a time. Pick the easiest one for you that you feel is going to be easiest to implement and then just slowly build and add in a new strategy from there until you start seeing improvements. And with the last strategy of visiting a sleep clinic, this is an important one because if you've given all of the previous strategies an honest shot and you're still not seeing progress, then you know what? It may be time to visit a sleep clinic here. There's no shame in that and honestly it can be extremely helpful because based off of everything we've learned today and just how important sleep actually is, if the quality of your sleep isn't improving, then visiting a sleep clinic and getting some additional help is worth it. So carve out that time for yourself and make it a priority. At the end of the day, sleep is not meant to be seen as something we will prioritize when we are dead. It's meant to increase our quality of life now so we can live longer. All right, team, that about wraps up this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, if you found it helpful as a thank you to me, please do me a huge favor and be sure to share this on your social media. Maybe share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't already, please be sure to go leave this episode a review on iTunes. It really helps me out. It helps other people find the episode so we can ensure that we help more people just like this episode was able to help you. So thank you all. I look forward to chatting with you all again very soon. But until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.